What's up, Halo fam? Halo Joe here. Just wanted to thank each and every one of you for checking out this new episode. Make sure to keep it tuned here to Halos in the Infields Baseball Network all season long as we drop content every day. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure to crack the like button and leave a comment. Make sure you also smash that bell icon to be notified every time we drop an episode or go live. Also, check us out on our other platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. We can also be found on Apple Pod, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave that five-star review. Thank you again, Halo fam, and with that, let's get this show on the road. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, the podcast as we get started here where the Angels season is underway on the 2023 season. As we've played two series, we're going to touch briefly on Oakland, and then we're going to get into this, what happened in Seattle, which just finished up, and then preview the series ahead in the homestand with Toronto and uh, the other team they're playing, which is escaping me at the moment. But before we do that, 714 tickets, 714 tickets is the place to be where you can buy today and go tonight or whenever you want to go to see concerts, angel games, whatever it is. All you have to do is go to the promo code and put in Halos in the infield, which is abbreviated H-I-T-I. And when you do that, you get 10% off of those tickets that you're currently purchasing. And also you get 5% back to purchase more tickets in the future. And you also get entered into win a free jersey courtesy of 714 tickets and Halos in the infield. So with all that being said, Please smash a like and subscribe to your YouTube page and also uh, do the same or give us a five star with our podcast. And with the business out of the way, I am Todd Fox and the other guest of the show is. It's the Lone Star Halo. Mad Dog Russo. <laughs> the Lone Star <laughs> Russo from. Uh, there you go. Fernando Mendez. And then also our third party, which we have to have a trio here. It's the one, the only. What is up, you pieces of trash? It is Courtney. <laughs> Courtney in the house. All right. So the Dangerous Trio is here to tell you for the first time this season in regular season baseball, give our takes on my, about how the Angels are doing, what they need to do, and all that jazz, and give you p pitching probables, everything. So we're going to break everything down. So guys, opening statements on so far – what you've seen through the first six games. I was right. Courtney was wrong. <laughs> you were so quick to just jump on that to let me know that I was wrong. Thank you. Hey. I was wrong by one game. Okay. Just one. Hey. I'm just saying, I call, I call two rally Chris series. I think Todd said what five and one his honk was showing. Oh yeah. yeah. His honk was showing. He said five and one. I said, we we're going to be at even 500. So Fernando won this one. I give it to you. Yeah, dude, dude that, that, that one game in Seattle, which, you know, we'll get to, man, we got our cheeks clapped. <laughs> yeah, we did. Bra, no lube. Yeah. <laughs> like one of those cheap ladies at the, uh, the little boy blue hotel at uh, in Anaheim there <laughs> oh, no. or cheap man. This is a progressive time. Yes, sir. But, Inclusive. That's good. Yeah. We don't do that here. Well, how do you guys think they played in the first three games versus Oakland, by the way? I mean, or, 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 or what was actually, what was your feeling in that first game against Oakland? I should say, let's start with, let's start right there. You mean our, our opening loss? Yes. 
no problem. Oh, okay. I'll let you go, Fernando. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I mean, besides the offense, you know, being quiet and, you know, coming out stumbling like they just got done drinking uh, at the at the bay there, um, I, I don't really know. They the offense just didn't wake up. There was some timely hits that were missed. I mean, Ohapi had a good game, which clearly has been the trend, which I'm sure we're going to be discussing at nauseum. Uh, Shohei pitched really well. And besides a couple of bad pitches by Tapera and Loop, I mean, it wasn't a bad team game. They just, the sticks didn't wake up and that happens, you know. Remember last year when Otani had to give his bat CPR? Maybe the team just needed to do that cohesively. True. What do you think, Courtney? Um, I mean, I think altogether there was definitely some key hits that should have been had. Um, I definitely don't think we should. it should have been that close of a game. Even for a loss, I still don't think it should have been that close of a game, especially against the A's. Like, if I'm going to lose, I'd rather have it be a blowout like the Mariners, like the 11-2. to Because I think when we lose 2-1 to one like that, that means you literally could have just scraped together one or two more hits or manufactured a run. You could have bunted somebody over. Like, you literally just could have tweaked some small things, and we could have won. And I think those are the most irritating losses to me personally. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm definitely not a fan of that loss. Um, and that was the one that I called where I said that we were gonna, we weren't going to know how to play baseball and everybody was just going to shit the bed. And, you know, and we didn't play together as a team. Um, and that I think that displayed itself on opening night, unfortunately. And it sucks that Otani did not get, get that dub. So that definitely sucks, especially when he goes out there and he is pitching a good, a very well, good, good performance. So, um, but I think overall the series against the A's, I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we had our game break, our one day, one day off, because apparently we needed it. <laughs> and uh, we took the rest of two games. So that was fun. That was nice to at least take the series and then take the series against the Mariners. I, I was definitely wrong about that. So it was good. Overall good. I agree. I think in that series, the one thing, two things I'll mention about what happened in that series. I think you guys summed it up pretty good. Um, you know, a bunch of no name Oakland A's get that victory. 26,000, you know, that's a, considered probably a sellout for Oakland this year. Yeah, booming crowd. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but 10 strikeouts. And immediately, guys, after that game, unlike today, after today's win with Otani on the mound, you had quiet in the media. You know, they're not going to praise him when he does something in that red uniform. But when he's in that red uniform and they get a loss, immediately, immediately you had Rich Eisen and a bunch of other national telecasts and podcasts saying, another wasted opportunity for the Angels. Another, uh, They're wasting Otani. Otani's going to get sick of this. It's like all the negative stuff comes out. But today, stunned silent, quiet. And I think that's the only way we're going to keep him quiet is if he keeps producing and they win. And because every time he loses, something happens, it, they're going to quick to the trigger about Shohei Otani. So we had to deal with that on opening night, and then you have to wait another 24 hours before you play again because, God forbid, they play back-to-back. -back. And then, speaking of Mr. Load Management, gets himself kicked off the field. What do you guys think about Rendon? Was he right? Was he wrong? Uh, was the suspension uh, le legit? Was it, was it justified? you want to take this from first, Courtney? Man, I stand with Tony Two Fists. <laughs> I leave my man alone. This is the only reason why we signed him is so that way he could start fights. Um, <laughs> this isn't hockey. Get, <laughs> I'm getting my money's worth out of Tony Two Fists over here. Um, I. <laughs> 
in all seriousness, um, I definitely think either way a suspension was going to be had. I'm honestly surprised that there was no type of repercussion for the fan. Um, and I think that's just because we don't really know exactly what was said. Um, but I know, I mean, Rendon looks like he can honestly give two two shits most of the time. So in order for him to try to swing on somebody, something must have had to be said. Um, do I agree with the original five game suspension? Absolutely not. Um, I think even the four game suspension is a little, a little steep for me. Um, especially cause it's Oakland, like you guys are trash, but mm-hmm. with some trash ass people there, but, um, overall, I mean, I, I know it takes a lot to get a rise out of any athlete. Um, so something personal must've been said, he name calling something to that nature. Um, and the fact that there was, you know, kind of nobody holding back the fan either, like, you know, no type of security, no nothing. Um, but either way, I stand with Tony Two Fists. I I don't see anything wrong with what he did, and I I will stand by my third baseman in that capacity. And that's probably the only time you will hear me say that. <laughs> what do you think? I I think that Anthony Rendell looks at that pissed off dad who thinks you cut in front of his little princess for the ride of the carnival. <laughs> Are you cutting in front of my little princess? <laughs> Back of the line, chump. He just kind of looks like that guy. Has like a cotton candy, has his face painted because his daughter has her face painted. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, I've got no problem with him defending himself, defending his teammates, depending, you know, whoever it is. That's fine. I've got no problem with fans being held accountable. My issue wasn't with that. My whole thing where the line was drawn was the grabbing of the fan and then trying to slap his hat. Like, that's where the lines get blurred on, okay, that's a little too far. Because if the fan would have done that, we're talking the fan probably going to jail, being detained until he can get released. Mm -hmm. So that's where the double standard kind of exists. I've got zero issue with Anthony Rendon or whoever. Insert a player I hate, Julio Urias from the Dodgers, you know, standing up for himself, for his teammates, whatever. That's fine. Fans need to be held accountable. I've been in games before. I used to have season tickets in right field, section 238, row M, right in between Trout and when Cole Calhoun was there. And there was one time, it was like the bottom of the seventh inning or something. The Angels were getting their cheeks clapped. And um, Cole Calhoun turns around in the middle of the inning, starts yelling at a fan. And, like, I couldn't even hear what he was saying. But, like, in the middle, like, we're talking, like, the middle of the pitch. Calhoun just turns around and just goes ballistic. And security, like, kind of comes over to, like, my section. And uh, I was like, oh, it was that guy. And, like, security's like, oh, you need to come with me. And, I mean, they just escorted the fan out. I mean, I'm guessing they probably had to do some kind of investigation as to what happens. I mean, it takes an awful lot for these players to lose their cool. I was talking to, uh, you know, a buddy who has been in the organization before. And we were texting back and forth about it. And he had just assured me, like, you know, the kind of guy that Anthony Rendon is, that guy, like, is as cool as a cucumber. That guy doesn't care about anything. So something horrific must have been said for him to lose his cool. So I get it, man. But you can't grab random fans. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you guys both on those takes. My only thing was, if you saw the players walk by, it wasn't like an NBA game where you're seeing them so testy now where the players will get up in the fans' face and the security's there, lickety-split, to separate both sides. Security's clearly seen beyond the players in the dugout, just watching, not doing a damn thing. You even had some grounds crew people there, nothing. Nobody did or tried to break up anything, and like Courtney said, they're trash up there. Supposedly, well, it looks like their security's trash as well. But I was just a little disappointed that some of the players didn't grab Rendon and be like, hey, man, it's not worth it. You know, we, we've heard that take, too, on the post games and other places. So, you know, that's the only problem right there. That's why I don't think the suspension is justified because other people had heard him say something to Otani and Rendon. So, <clears throat> so hopefully that fan gets something, but most likely not. Well, yeah. yeah. Especially because like, most of the teammates like watched for a second. Like, you can see Renfro like, very clearly watching. Yeah, yeah, but he he kept walking though. That's my that's my issue. You know, this team's got to stick up for their their running mates. But that's the thing. Also, is it like like all the team was cohesively annoyed, and Rendon's like, "Yo, I'm gonna go tell this guy something," and they were like, "Okay, you know, that guy <laughs> deserves it." You know, that guy said that you know he would do gross things to my mother or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm trying to think. Like, what on earth would cause a player to lose their cool like that? Like insulting their wife like i don't even think that would do it i think like you know talking about your kids or something would probably do it yeah kids but like what else kids are race that usually i will say yeah yeah, it's fair like when adam jones was called the n-word uh in uh was it baltimore sorry it was in uh, boston it was in boston just playing for the orioles yeah Yeah. like something like that like oh yeah i get that i get that that's not cool that's not okay i will say that sometimes it's a Sometimes it's a cultural thing. Um, according to my boyfriend, uh, he thinks that Anthony Rendon is a cholo, and, oh. which I believe. <laughs> oh. You <laughs> know, I, believe. I, I was gonna. I I wasn't. I was thinking about saying that to start the show, and I was talking about the carnival analogy. I yeah. was like, I can also see him wearing a large white T-shirt with blue jeans and some chucks. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that in that environment, the the one word that you should never call a male cholo is a bitch. And I feel like that's what happened. <laughs> that's fair. That's the word that makes you snap. Because I, I asked him, I was like, what would you do if somebody called you a bitch? And he was like, I'd be swinging. So I'm just like, mm-hmm, okay. So that's just my take on it. Not, sure. not trying to get canceled or say nothing. Because I, you should be swinging anyway. I don't think you should be name calling anybody. And I know I call him, I, I know I say Rendon has a, vagina, a, a mangina, vagina all the time. But <laughs> I feel like that would be the one word where maybe he just snaps because that is one word that you should not be calling a man that makes, I don't know, what is it, $38 million? $38 million, yeah, exactly, $38 million. $38 million sitting on the bench. I think if, if I'm, it's easy to say for us not playing the game and not hearing it day in, day out. So maybe it's, maybe it's a culmination of the pressure to perform this year that 38 million dollars and you know finally he's feeling it from the fans but we'll see i mean i'd rather have his bat do the talking than his tony two fist but uh yeah i digress so we had 48 hours to marinate on that game just about <laughs> over 24 hours to marinate on the loss but they came back strong and strong indeed something they haven't done in a long time i think mark langston brought it out that they don't that the second most runs scored in one inning since they scored 13 runs in the mid 90s i think it was um when he when he was still playing ball but the angels scored 11 runs in the third inning batted around 
and Logan O'Hoppy went deep. Uh, you know, Taylor Ward had a, a home run, a double, and and they were just tearing the cover off the ball. Renifo was getting on, and before you knew it, the game was over in the third inning. But thirteen to one, Courtney's one, uh, Courtney's woman, Courtney's man, <laughs> Courtney's woman. <laughs> yeah, I almost said woman. Uh, Patrick Sandoval killed it. Uh, he pitched. He came off the WBC and he he pitched really good, and uh, they won by twelve. Uh, thoughts on that game two win? Sandoval, you go, girl. <laughs> just because of what Todd said uh Fujinami looked really good those first two innings and something happened I don't I don't know what happened he just lost command lost the zone the angels started picking the ball off uh you know out of his hand maybe they saw something maybe he was tipping pitches I have no idea but the bats awoke 11 runs in one inning. I think Fujinami was on the hook for what all, but like two of the runs that inning. I think he's, he's got, got a, was got it nine? Eight, eight runs. Eight. Okay. Yeah. He has an ERA of 30.86. Not bad. So yeah. I, which is weird. Cause like I said, man, those first two innings, he looked dominant. He looked great. I mean, he was one of the biggest players to come out of uh, the, uh, the Japanese baseball league uh, over the off season. I mean, besides him and Kodai Senga, I think those were the two biggest names. And then uh, the, the guy for the Red Sox, yeah. Uh, Toshida, I believe, is his last name. Mm-hmm. He had a great World Baseball Classic. But, yeah, I mean, you know, three really good quality guys coming out of Japan. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, he just – he looked flat going in that third inning, and the Angels clearly took advantage. Uh, and then uh, our boy Tucker Davidson uh, got uh, his first career save because they threw him in there for the last, what, four innings, and he just shut it down. Yeah. What do you think, Courtney? Man, I stand for Sandoval. I love that man. I think he is going to be a name to be reckoned with, especially not even this season, but definitely for the seasons to come. I'm really glad that him performing in the WBC is transferring into at least playing for the Angels. Um, I think that was one fear that maybe us and collectively, like if you see your player in the WBC and then see them, and the MLB, you're wondering if they're going to have that same fire, that same passion. Um, and I think with Sandoval, um, he's carried it over. So that's what I'm really excited about, um, not only for that Saturday game, but for the games to come. I hope it comes on Friday night because I will be so happy. But um, I think overall, I'm just glad that our lineup got it together. Um, I, I hope we took some batting practice that morning. Um, and that's what it's accredited to. <laughs> and um I think overall it was just great because I know one thing that I don't know sometimes we just have a bad habit of we we like to play down with teams that we should be stomping and I don't know why and we do that with the A's we do that with the Rangers Um, you know we know that we should be killing them we have the lineup to be killing them and I think every media person has said that the past two to three years the Angels have the one of the best lineups and we just never do anything with it. So it was great to see the bats come alive because um, honestly, there's no reason why we shouldn't be scoring 13 runs every game, but I digress. Yeah. Oakland did what the angels did in a couple series last year. They scored three total runs in three games. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. And they still managed to win. We, we should, we should have swept them. Uh, but the next game, the finale on Sunday, you picked up, uh, you had Tyler Anderson making his angels debut thoughts on Tyler Anderson and, you know, again, the offense doing enough to cruise to a 6 nothing win. 
I, I like where Tyler Anderson, I, I like how he looked. I like what he brought to the mound. It seemed like the Halo fam agree. I mean, that was the question of the day after that game. And uh, it seemed like everyone, I was seeing a lot of B pluses, a lot of A's, you know, and most people were just saying, anytime you can get, you know, six innings and a win out of somebody, what more do you want? You know, he, he maybe could have had a little better command, uh, especially to start the game. But at the end of the day, he's one of the only angel starters that has a 0.0 ERA. Actually, he is the only angel starter, right? Mm-hmm. Who has a 0.0 ERA. Right so... Well, yeah, yeah, right now, because Shohei had one before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Anderson's the only one that remains with that. So I, I'm excited to see what he looks like after his next start. But uh, he looked really good, man. I mean, what more do you want out of him? Had a good, solid Angels debut. That's all you could ever ask for. Made me a lot more confident after his uh, shaky-ish spring. Exactly. Uh, Courtney, what did you think of Tyler Anderson? Yeah, I honestly like Tyler Anderson. I've I've had the pleasure of watching him since we don't know my significant other is a Dodger fan. Ooh. Uh, I know we the know. Dodger thing, not not your significant other. That's he's fine. <laughs> but um, no, I've always liked Anderson. I feel like he has a good spin. He has a good approach. Um, and honestly, getting being able to get six innings, um, like Fernando said, getting being able to get six innings out of your starter. What more can you honestly ask for? Especially with the with the way our bullpen is set up currently. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can have all of our starters go into six, maybe even seventh innings. That way we don't have to rely so heavily on the bullpen or at least have the bullpen get us out of situations that can be scary. Um, you know, I that's always going to be a good start to me for any pitcher. Um, I think having him start in the, well, the fact that we started with the A's and having it be a shutout, uh, shutout game, I think is definitely a confidence boost, um, you know, because it was a little shaky at first, but I think that's just to be, you know, to be expected, especially when you start with a new team. Um, but overall, I was really happy with his start and no complaints for me for once. All right. So coming out the gates, we won two out of three. Should have won three. But it's all good. You want to get out of uh, each series winning. So they won that series. And that moved us on to, to Monday's uh, game, which featured Reed Detmers. Now, another you know spotlight's going to be on Reed Detmers to take that next step. He had the big no-hitter last year, fell apart. Redempt him, redeemed himself in the, in the uh, second half of the season after coming out of the minors, found his stuff again, pitch dominant towards the end. So a lot was expected of, of him, and a good test was the first game up in Seattle, which is going to be a team that's going to be on our, our backside all, all year and uh, hopefully not ahead of us. But, uh, but yeah, they're definitely a team we're going to be fighting for to get to the postseason. And thoughts on his performance? He went four and two-thirds. He allowed three runs, had seven strikeouts, but threw a lot of pitches but the bullpen saved the day, pitching four and a third shutout ball in a 7-3 win. Fernando. Oh, no. No, you're Fernando. muted, Fernando. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, once again, what more can you ask for? Got to win. I mean, you, you got to win. You, you're maintaining the hot streak. And uh, at the time, we were still flying pretty high, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll 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 talk next about what happened, but um, yeah, I mean you know, for for a first start, that's all you can ask for. Just go out there, give your team an opportunity to win, and he at least did that. What'd you think of the bullpen? Him using Tapera for that third to get the victory, and then how he had it set up the rest of the way. 
Yeah, I mean, I wish Detmers would have had an opportunity to finish, but man, in that fifth inning, he didn't look great. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it looked like it, it's tough, man. My my opinion with Reed Detmers changes all the time. I love the kid. I love what he brings to the table. And I want him to be that dominant guy because I've seen him be that dominant guy. We all have, but we've also seen him get smacked around. Yeah, and this certainly wasn't that. So don't so don't think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But um it, it led to a win. Can we really give Phil Nevin a, a hard time? You're either a genius or a jackass. And this time, clearly putting Tapera in was the right guy at the right spot. Tapera used his expertise and experience to get through it. Yeah. I agree. Uh, what do you think, Courtney? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Detmers is still young. And I think, and I know I always call him a kid. I am, I I don't know why I feel like I'm so old and I call people children. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, we're at that awkward age. You and I are like roughly the same age. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, and I, and I think some of our listeners, they're like, well, he's not a kid. And I'm just like, I, I say kid because of the experience. He's only been in the majors for two years this being his second year yeah pretty much three years sorry but still it's just he's still very young experience wise and that's what I'm basing it off of when I say that so just for clarification but I think overall it's just he's going to get stronger when it comes you know later in the season um I, I feel like as long as a young pitcher like that can just take something with every start you know maybe now you know how that lineup is set up because you know Mariners actually does have a good lineup. Um, and for some reason, goddamn Haggerty can be batting 150 an entire season, and all of a sudden he faces us and he's four for four with a with a cycle. Like I don't understand. Angel it. killer. Literally. But I think overall Detmers was able to hold his own. For the most part, um, I'm glad that the bullpen actually did step up that game. Um, and again, the lineup, the lineup actually stepped up too, because I think even if our starting pitcher or even bullpen is struggling, we have the lineup to still carry us into and out of situations like that where we can still pull off a win. And thankfully in that game, we still pulled off the dub. So, I mean, other than that, no no complaints really. Just glad that our bullpen was able to step up because uh, what was that? Uh Sunday? Yeah. Yesterday? That was or a, no. That was uh, well, yesterday was a shit show. So there's that. That was Monday. <laughs> well, Monday. No, no, that was Tuesday. Monday was Monday was the win. Monday Tuesday was the win. Tuesday clapping. was the shit show. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And let's get into that show, shall we? <laughs> no, thank you. So so <laughs> first Can we just off, skip that one? There's not much to talk about. <laughs> well, first yeah. off, I, there is something I have to throw myself under the bus because I have called that Suarez is gonna have a good year. And I know you honk. Yes. Yeah. And do you he, have your honk with you? I sure do. Here, let Can me you honk uh, it for us. Yeah, Jose Suarez. Um, <laughs> I, I I really think he's going to have a good year, uh, year. But in that first game, um, I noticed one thing, and so did the Mariners hitters, that those pitches were up and they looked like beach balls. Uh, his curveball, his fastball, his slider, he was hanging everything. Everything looked like an Uncle Charlie, and they were killing him. And before you know it, he was out of there. He his, he was, I think he was responsible for six of the runs or eight of the runs. And then I think Jaime, yeah, look, came, look, in, look. Jaime came in there and threw more uh, gas on the fire. And before he knew it, it was 11 nothing before the Angels got on the board in the eighth inning. So, so Suarez was responsible for seven runs, six of them earned. And then Jaime was 
four runs, all of them earned. Yeah, they, not a good pitching performance between the two guys who are usually, you know, they came up over about the same time. You know, these guys are supposed to be both in the rotation. Jaime's never really cracked it full time. Suarez has been given the keys and uh, the first start, not too good. I mean, what did you guys think about how bad he was? He's notoriously a slow starter. I mean, the uh, the Halo Bros talked about it on their show where, where he normally doesn't figure it out until about June, July. And, you know, the trends on that seem pretty accurate. But, uh, man, oh, man, yeah, like you said, he was just serving them up there. He was throwing batting practice. Mm-hmm. It, pitches were flat. Nothing was moving. He didn't look confident up there. Looked like he just wanted to get out of the game just because, you know, he was getting lit up like a firecracker. And, and it was a bad also matchup. He's facing the Angels or the Angels, the Mariners ace in Castillo. And Castillo yeah. against Ohio, he pitched really good, and he came out there and pitched just as good against the Angels. Courtney? 40. What do you want me to say? We looked like shit. Um, <laughs> You're supposed so, to say trash. It's your thing. Trash. The, that go. was worse. That was a flaming dumpster fire. What are you talking about? <laughs> <There> <laughs> you <go. laughs> um, I'm still not I'm not sold on Suarez. I, I'm not. I'm not. I can't get on the Suarez bandwagon as much as I want to try. Um, I just feel like he's let us down in so many situations. Um, I think before people were trying to say, in previous seasons, people were trying to say like, uh, oh, we moved him up and down a lot. Oh, we brought him up too late. Um, you know, uh, all these different excuses um, to me personally. Uh, I'm not sold on Suarez. I cannot. Um, and granted, if you are going up against an ace, like going up against Castillo, I know that's probably a, definitely not the best situation to be pitching in. But still, um, nothing was moving. Nothing was working for him. And that that was just a sad, it was a sad day. And I am not sold on Jaime either. I, I call him Basura because he, <laughs> he's, I'm, mm-mm. I don't like either one, but that's just me. And we should put them together as a package deal and trade them. Funny how you bring up the two guys who have blonde, like frosted tips on their hair. Oh, I don't care. They're a package deal. They're yeah. a package deal. <laughs> uh, well, what did, what did you think, Fernando? Uh, like like with that, uh, like you, like you said, he was serving up softballs. But you think, am I right on this one, or am I wrong? Do you, you think he's going to last the entire year in the rotation? I think he's going to get demoted to the bullpen at some point, especially if Tucker Davidson's going to continue to look good out of the bullpen. You know, depending on Griffin Canning does in his rehab start with the sixty sixers, you know he he's got some competition, which is good competition. Uh, should bring the best out of people. This guy's a professional athlete. So you would think that he would like the competition and the competition would make each other better. You know, uh, your team's not going to be very competitive if you have these guys who just have fixed roles and there's no competition from the next guy coming up. You know, you need that to be a better team. So um, I I hope Suarez can figure it out. I like the guy. I think he's charismatic. He looks like a guy who's a lot of fun. You know, every time they have him on, like, the, the Angels TikTok account or whatever, you know, he's like the one where they're like, who's your celebrity crush? He's like, Shakira. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, look out, Shakira. <laughs> you know, like, that was hilarious, dude. I laughed my ass off when I heard that. Like, you know, the guy has so much fun. Or when he was mic'd up and he was like, el demente. Like, the guy looks like the kind of guy you want to have a beer with. He looks like the kind of guy who's happy to be there. And those are the kind of guys you want on your team. I mean, it's the only reason Brett Phillips here, because, you know, he passes the vibe check. But you can only 
passing the vibe check only gets you so far in, in life, in a, in, a, in a podcast, on a baseball, whatever you name it, at a job, you you can only have such good vibes. Eventually, your play and your performance has to speak for itself. And uh, for his sake, man, I want him to figure it out. The guy is a lot of fun to watch when he's on. And when he's on, he's a great pitcher. But getting him there is the problem. Agreed. Agreed. So we'll move on from that uh, from that game, and we get to the finale, which finished today. Shohei Otani was trying not to go over on the road trip, and thankfully he got the victory. Like we talked about earlier in the show, all was quiet on the national media front because the Angels got a victory, four to three. He helped his own cause with eventually the game winning hit. Uh, got an RBI to make it four to one. The bullpen came in after he left in the sixth inning with 111 pitches. And the M's scraped across a couple runs, but the bullpen settled down and closed out the game. And to my surprise, I don't know if you guys were surprised, Kahada closed it out. So what do you guys think about Nevin's decisions late, Kahada's performance, and the Angels getting that m- more important series win up there in Seattle? That's my uh, goddamn closer. <laughs> all right i i called it i said it go back and listen to it i said that quijada would be a closer and not necessarily there's there's nothing about the technique that makes him be a closer at all mm-hmm. it's i think it's just the fact that he gets fired up in those situations at least since the wbc um and i think that that same type of environment saving having that same type of fire is what's going to carry him into being that closer um hopefully it's to the same level as Iglesias and not with the flippant attitude of oh I just don't feel like closing today mm-hmm. um but I think Quijada is going to really try to make himself be known as our closer um and I'm not mad at it as long as he doesn't blow any saves yeah it's fair I- I'm like that with most closers as long as you don't blow any saves you can do whatever the hell you want uh, Hurricane didn't look very good today. Give up a lot of hits. I mean, three isn't a lot, but three and, you know, one in the third innings. Yeah. Is, is definitely a lot for, for the human glitch. But, um, yeah, I, I was surprised that Quijada, uh came out for the save. I mean, he he's looked good this year. He pitched that other game earlier in the year, and, and he looked good there. That was, what, the seventh or eighth inning? Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, today for the save. So, I mean, he looked good in the World Baseball Classic. He looked good right now. So. Whatever, man. I mean, I in Phil Nevin, we trust. You laughed at me when I wanted Phil Nevin to stick around, but uh, so far, so good, minus that one game that we could wipe our memories clean of. That was horrendous. Oh my gosh. Do you think? Do you think they're gonna go based on? Because I felt they went to Kehada too for. And granted, the only guy that got on base was I felt the guy that they put him in there for, and that was to stop Crawford. You know, keep the speed demon off the the plate, but he got a hit. Um, Do you think that? Nevin has that mentality of, okay, well, if I've got a couple lefties up here in the next four batters, I'm going to go with Quejada. If I've got mostly righty, I'm going to go with Estevez. You think that plays into it? I think Phil Nevin uh, is kind of adapting to the modern times. And I think maybe we need to adjust our mindset as uh, Angels fans. You know, closer by the committee just kind of seems to be the way teams roll nowadays. There isn't a lot of like true closers anymore. You know, Rysel Iglesias is obviously obviously one of them. Diaz. Yeah, Diaz. Kenley Jensen was one of them for the Dodgers when he was on. You know, what's that? Hendricks. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, Hater for for the Padres now. Yeah. You know he kind of regained form, but you know so there's a couple of guys, but most teams just kind of ride the hot hand. And honestly, as long as somebody on the back end of the bullpen is there to shut the door closed, I don't care if our closer is Jimmy Herget, Pejada. I don't care if it's Shohei Otani. As long as it leads to the guys staying healthy, the guys staying on their toes, and it leads to wins. I don't care if the closers rally Chris. <laughs> well, he's been right so far in both series. Two out of three. Two out of three. I haven't heard any predictions from him, so I wouldn't know. He's been pretty oh. quiet, though. That's kind of weird. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> hey, you might want to make sure he wasn't kidnapped, actually. No, nah, he's yeah. alive. I saw the latest TikTok, so he's alive. So oh, well. that's good. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did send him about the 714 tickets, which, yeah. by the way, 714 tickets where you can call today, go tonight. Make sure to head on over to their website for the best deals in sports for any sporting event around the country. Make sure to use code HITTY at checkout for 10% off, and you also get 5% back. How about that? 714 tickets where there's no hidden fees ever. There you go. <laughs> Nicely done. So. <laughs> So next up on the docket, and I got a couple questions before we preview the Toronto series, and I'll get into picture of probables with that. Okay, you have them? Okay, I was yeah. going to pull them up right now. Yeah, I got them. Um, what I wanted, we had a question, uh, a couple people questioned me on my Instagram, and they were asking about the Angels not taking advantage in their mind of the rules changes, you know, only so many times thrown over to first base, the bigger bases. It seems like all the teams are running more and the Angels aren't. Is that a Nevin thing? Or is they wanted me to ask you guys, is that a club thing? I guess it depends, right? I mean, look at Moneyball, where they were talking about like, oh, don't steal bases. You know, I pay you to get on base, not to get thrown out at second base. Maybe that's the mentality, especially because the Angels, and really Perry does seem to be very analytically based. Maybe that's just kind of the future the organization wants. I mean, let's face it. Besides Trout and Otani, is anyone on this team incredibly fast? You have some guys with average speed, like Renfro Ward. You know, Ohapi isn't slow. Yeah, Renfro's fast. Mm -hmm. You know, but like, is anybody on this team realistically like a 30 to 40 stolen bases a year guy? I'm not saying that they couldn't be, but I don't think we have anybody like that who is. Because Otani and Trout could be those guys, but, you know, it's not worth them getting hurt. Exactly. So I don't think we have that guy who's a 30 stolen bases guy. And realistically, those guys don't really exist in baseball anymore. The stolen base is slowly becoming a, a lost art, unfortunately, which is a shame because I'm a big fan of small ball. And I, you know, I, Courtney is from what she said before. And Todd's like Papa Fox. He just wants to win. Oh boy, Todd. I think the angels need to start steal. I, I, I can't do your dad's voice. <laughs> they need to start running more. Does your dad like stolen bases? Uh, he does. He likes movement. He's always yelling, why aren't they bunting when we have first and second and they don't bunt. So You're like, Dad, it's been like 12 years since anyone's ever bunted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that anymore, Dad. I'm like, bunt? What are you talking about? Yeah, what like a cake? Is that like a, is that like a cake? <laughs> bunt cake? Um, I think stolen bases and small wall is a lost art in the Angels organization. Um, <laughs> and I think it's because we've we have so much power, at least we've marketed ourselves as having so these power hitters and our unicorn and our and our goat of Mike Trout and you know Tony Two Bags. We've marketed ourselves as these power two hitters. Fists. Yeah, to, Tony Two Fists, sorry. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> but we've marketed ourselves in this lineup as as a power lineup, which it it is. It can be as long as we get our shit together that series. But other than that, I do I do feel like we can small ball. We do have the capability of doing that. You know, Drury, uh, Renfro, Renhifo, even Fletcher. He wants to slap hit anyway. Might as well just have him bunt. Like I, we have people in our lineup t- in order to produce small ball situations, and I just don't think that we capitalize on that. And I'm honestly surprised that we haven't had a stolen base. Um, because again, I am a big fan of small ball stolen bases. I like the movement. Um, you know, I think that's something that we can definitely capitalize on, especially with Otani with legs like a gazelle. Mm-hmm. You know, tr- and I know Trout can still move because I know he chases that baby around the house. So yes. he both guys can move and you know if we're so worried about them getting hurt then what what are we even paying them for to be pretty out there like I don't you know go play baseball win some games um I understand not running yourselves into an out though because yeah you definitely don't want to have somebody steal you know and then you have Otani up you have Rendon up to where instead of you know possibly a double and an RBI now you just have a double you know like so I understand maybe not running in certain situations because of how our lineup is built but at the end of the day whatever is going to win us games um, I would rather just I think everybody should be bunting and I think everybody should be practicing on bunting and t-work in batting practice well said well said we have two more questions. Uh, one is one they wanted me to ask you: Are you concerned with the runners in scoring position not scoring most of the time? Even though they've scored more runs than they did in the beginning of the season, is it too early to harp on that, or is it a concern? I mean, situational hitting is always a concern, right? For any team, right? You know, you notice it the most because. Those are the hits that you're lacking in many cases to win a game. I mean, look at opening day. We're talking about potentially being what a five and one right now. If we just had one lucky bounce on opening day. So unfortunately the runners in scoring positions and you know, the LOB column, the left on base column for those of you guys who might be new to baseball, that's what you look at. Cause you're like, Oh man, we could have had 15 runs or even if we had half of those, you know, we're talking about maybe being six and oh, well, no, never mind. That one game was just a cheat clapping. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I'm not worried yet. Obviously, it's something you want to keep your eye on. But the offense appears to be far more responsive this early on in the season than in years past. So, um, as of right now, I'm not too worried. Okay, it's a vote for not too worried. What about you, Courtney? Yeah, I'm definitely not concerned with it for the time being. Um, at least not right now. Um, and then we're. Honestly, I still feel like we need to make some arrangements in our lineup, and that's just me personally. Um, I don't know why I'm still not a fan of Ward in the in the leadoff spot. Um, you know, I feel like I would make some changes to the lineup, um, and I think finding that rhythm in the lineup. Um, you know, I still think we need a solid number nine hitter because sometimes your number nine hitter is almost a new leadoff. You know, to, when you get later on in the game. Absolutely. Um, so I think right now the runners left on base is not too much of a big deal, um, especially when we were able to put together, you know, 13 runs, six runs, you know, in order to win games. Um, I think it's just something to be mindful of, but I think we're also going to be doing some rearranging or maybe hopefully in my pretty little head, 
um, we should be doing some rearranging to the lineup. And hopefully that will also help with the lack of runners left on base. Okay. How would you guys feel about swapping Rendon and Ward? Like, what if Rendon was a leadoff hitter? Because, well, and think about it like this. You know, the guy doesn't strike out too often. Typically has decent at-bats in the sense of, like, you know, he's normally not swinging first pitch, you know. He'll at least ground out, which at least is giving himself an opportunity to get on base. You know, he's known from his time with the Nationals as Tony Tubag. So, I mean, we could be talking about your leadoff hitter getting a double to start the game for Trout, Otani, and Ward. Because Ward has some pop. So I don't feel bad about Ward being a cleanup guy. I mean, he's not your prototypical cleanup guy in the sense of having, you know, 30 home runs a year. But, you know, he'll be in that 20 to 25 column. He'll bat about 280. He has the potential to get you about 80 to 85 RBIs. I kind of like the idea of having Rendon as my leadout guy followed by Crap Otani Ward. Yeah, you could possibly throw Walsh or even Renfro in that spot with Ward or behind them. So you have a lot of... Yeah, I was thinking Renfro behind Ward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have a lot of power right there. What do you think, Courtney? Yeah, I think... I mean, when he puts it like that. Um, <laughs> I can't argue with that. Um, me, personally, uh, I was a leadoff batter for most of my career. Um, what I expect out of my leadoff batter, I mean, of course, the goal is to just get on base, you know, get 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 on first. That's no matter how you do it, just get on first. I don't care if it's a walk, you get hit by pitch, a single, whatever you got to do. Um, so I think for me personally, I would like my leadoff, whoever it is, you know, take a lot of pitches, see, see what that pitcher is even throwing. You know, if you're swinging first pitch, what's that going to do for you? And also what's that going to do for the rest of your lineup? Cause even again, me personally, even if I got out my first at bat, I was still taking it to a two and two count, a full count fouling off balls. That way I'm at least seeing half that pitcher's pitches in my first at bat. And if I get out, I'm telling my teammates, Hey, you know, she's tipping her change up. You know, she's doing this with her curve. So that way the rest of my lineup knows what to look for, or at least my next batter. So I would like at least a leadoff who can take a lot of pitches, but not feel overwhelmed of like, Oh, well, I have to get on base. And then they tense up. Like, even if you, again, if you get the ground out or a pop-up, but if you're taking taking it to a full count and seeing a lot of pitches, I'm still happy with that as, as a personal leadoff batter. Um, so yeah, if Tony Two Bags wants to go ahead and step up and do that, if we want to make those arrangements, I'm not too mad at that, especially because I think he does, he used to have a high walk rate as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not mad at that if we can make that change. Yeah, look, I think that they're they're giving Ward right now the Andrew McCutcheon type of treatment. McCutcheon led off for Pittsburgh for a little bit there too, and and I think people think of Ward not as powerful as McCutcheon, but he could put up McCutcheon similar numbers. And um, I like him at the leadoff spot so far. He's been pretty productive, but yeah, you prototypically like to have him more down in the lineup. But if I had to go with one guy, like if you're either gonna start, you know go with 22 bags. I like the idea of t two bags if he's playing because he does take a lot of pitches too. Like you guys said, um, you know, have Ward down the lineup, like you guys said in the power hole or whatever. And Renifo either hitting ninth or first, because if you looked at what Renifo's done this year, you know, even in an over two game, he had two walks, you know, he had, you know, and he was putting the, you know, saw a lot of pitches and the other day against Seattle, two clutch RBI singles. Um, 
he's a great hitter. Uh, I, I think he's really coming into his own. So you could use him at leadoff or have him at ninth and then Tony two bags. I mean, there's endless possibilities with this lineup. And I think it's like what you guys touched on. They just need to get into a groove, find that groove, and then stick with it. Um, lastly, I have another question for you guys before we get into uh, this. Uh, it was runners. Probably. Yeah, it was runners scoring position. And uh, let's see, the steals and uh, what was the other question? I just had it on the tip of my tongue. No, this is not a toupee. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a toupee under mine. Uh, my hat. Um, you no, know what? Don't lie. <laughs> God, what what was it? I should have wrote these down. Um as I'm trying to look up right now. Um what oh um do you think that you're seeing the difference in the offense in the lineup because of the hitting instructors or the players on uh, the talent being better? As that, like basically it, are we seeing a thing Marcus Thames effect on the approach of all the players? I think it's too early to tell, honestly. And the reason I say that is because you gave, you gave me the question and you know, the, the hamster in my head's not turning. So (laughs) I'm, I I think it's just, we're, we're, we're we're six games in the season, man. You know, that's, that's a question maybe that we can start answering after April. You know, I, I'd like to say that there's been, you know, some positive changes this year, but once again, man, we're talking, we're talking about such a small sample size that it's hard to tell if, you know, something's just clicking. Is it the hitting? Is it, is it better managing? Is it better coaching overall? Is it a better group of guys? Too, too early to tell. I'll plead the fifth on this one. You agree, Courtney? I think everybody was seeing all the angels memes of, um, (laughs) so they're like, we need to get in the cages. Um, (laughs) I think it's too soon to tell. Um, again, it's a small sample size. I mean, we're only six games in. Um, I would like to think that our our boys mentality, you know, changed this year. I still think the Otani cloud, um, the Otani resigning cloud is still a little bit looming over people's heads, um, even though they don't want to say it. Um, and honestly, having Otani on a team should hopefully make you want to perform better. Um, you know, like you should be you should be worthy of playing with this man. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, maybe it's a combination of all of it, but I think overall it's too soon for me to give my my opinion on that. So I will go ahead and plead the fifth. Okay, well, Caleb, hold on to that question for the end of April, and we'll have an answer by then. Too early by the experts here. So with that being said, those were our three questions we were asked. Also, we're going to touch on here the homestand, which starts on Friday. And it's going to be that set Patrick Sandoval, the man crush of our Courtney here. And, uh, you know, Fernando's hero from Team Mexico. Uh, he will come home. I, I'll, I'll throw Mike Man Crush out there, too. Who's that? Hey, hey Sandoval. Hey, he, can, he can be on the list. Okay. That's a handsome man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a handsome man. I'm just curing up about myself. He'll be like, that's a handsome dude. I think we're going to have a fight here to see who gets the. Uh, no, that's fine. Courtney, Courtney can have I will win. <laughs> she's already like. Yeah, over. no, she's. Yeah, uh, if I'm fighting over any dudes, it won't be Patrick Sandoval. <laughs> It's a very small list of men I might be willing to fight for. The Patrick oh. Sandoval's not there. Neither are you, Todd. Sorry. Oh, damn it. But it's Roger Lodge, though, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I want to see his little journey. Oh, oh Fernando. <laughs> Squeeze me. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, it's a children's show. Um, <laughs> it's a family show. <laughs> but we got, we got Sandoval, our boy, you know, 
ace number two out there opening up the homestand the 2023 season against angel killer is it chris bassett right bassett chris bassett yeah chris bassett this guy owned us with oakland he's very hard to hit but that's the past this is the present does this angels lineup take advantage and do we see sandoval go 2-0 on friday I don't know. The Angels typically don't do too well in home openers. I want they to say don't. <laughs> typically they don't. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll say yes. I think it's going to be a rally. Chris series It's going to be a two out of three. Ooh. But uh, I, I just don't know which two are going to be one. On a, I don't want to be that guy. Honestly, I feel like that might be the game we lose because it's opening day at home. When was the last time we won an opening day at the Big A, like a home opener? That's a really good question because the last couple I've been to. I think. No, 2015, we lost to the Royals. <laughs> oh, I was geez. there. <laughs> you said I was there. I was there. In 2016, we got our cheeks clapped by the Cubs that year. I was also there. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the last one we've, we've been to and they won. It's been a while. 2017, who was that against? Was it the Rangers or was it 2018? Oh, we, I, I'm sure we're going to get a message about that, but yeah, someone's going to get angry. Yeah. How do you, how do you, we just not know that. <laughs> what about you, Courtney? Do you think we, we, your boy gets the victory? No. And it has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with his pitching performance. Our lineup is going to shit the bed. They're going to oh. shit the bed because Vladimir Guerrero is going to be there throwing out the first pitch and his boy is going to be there. Um, you, you, it has, it's going to do be nothing to do with Sandoval. Our lineup is just going to do the same thing it did on opening day, just not be able to piece together runs and have that run support for Sandoval. So he will get that L, but it's not because of him. It's because our lineup is trash that day. Mm. I, I call it a four, three loss. I think, uh, our bullpen kind of gives it up and we strand a few guys and we should have scored them in this one. I, I just, I don't like, I felt good. You know, against Toronto, and then I saw one pitcher I didn't want to see, and that was Bassett. And I'm like, God damn it! So uh, at least it wasn't Manoa, but uh, but Bassett's no better. Um, so that'll leave us up. We're all predicting a loss. This one, I'm predicting a win. I'm just gonna throw it out there first. I, I think the Angels light this dude up. Um, they're gonna p- take on Barrios, and he's been he's been not as advertised since coming over from the Twins, and he's already 0-1. And uh, he's been having control problems. The Angels will throw out uh, Anderson. And I think Anderson has a nice uh, home debut. Yeah, I think Anderson might give up maybe like two runs or something. But it'll be like, uh, you know, it'll be like one of those. Like, hey, you know, two runs, whatever. It'll be like one of those. He'll have a good performance. He'll have a solid performance. He'll give us about six innings. Give the team an opportunity to win. I think the Angels will probably win like, um, let's say five to two. It's Otani bobblehead night. Otani's going to have himself a game. He'll get two or three RBIs. He'll he'll pop himself a, a double, get a single. It'll be like that. Okay, Courtney? Um, I think we'll get the dub. I think Anderson will go ahead and get that dub. Um, and I think we will go ahead. I think it's going to be a close game. I think we pull it off three to two. Three oh, to two. Three to okay. two. I like how we're actually giving like number predictions of what we expect this year so we can all be extremely wrong throughout the season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll bring us to our our uh, last Wait, game. Wait, you you didn't give us a number, Todd. What's oh, your score prediction? Oh my bad. Uh, Trying to get out of it. No, no, no. I, I got the Angels at six to three, and a Ooh. save for Estevez. 
Oh, man. He, he oh, really is letting his honk fly. Well, I mean, he's predicting an opening day, a home opener loss. So, yeah, yeah. not too honky. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> this honky is not that honky. He, he's got one honk and one no honk so far. <laughs> Pretty um, much, man. Uh, yeah, so I, I would. Right now, we're calling a split, all three of us, through the, through the first two games. And that will set us up for the finale on Sunday, which will be a day game, and that will be Reed Detmers. Does he bounce back against Kikuchi? Hit me with the honk, because I'm saying yes. Two out of three, baby. <laughs> Woo! That's Rogers Lodge's locks by the winery, restaurant, and wine bar where my wife and I get escorted all the time because she gets drunk off of the cheapest wine they have. Sorry, the cheapest <laughs> wine. The second cheapest wine. Only the best for my Pamela. Oh, you know her name. Okay. <laughs> he, dude, he talks about his wife all the time in his Mazda CX-9 or whatever it is. I thought he'd be like, my wife, John. I mean, Mary. I mean, <laughs> We all know your real wife is John Stamos. <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to keep, keep it together. I can't believe this is what did it over for. Oh, I'm gonna have a stroke. Okay, are you? Oh, I think funny. we lose. I think we lose that game because it's during the day. It's. Oh, I think oh, it's man. too hot. We're not. Gonna... Courtney's got zero honk under this season so far. Yeah, there is no honk. <laughs> not no. at all. You did not get nothing out of me. <laughs> You've heard of the Antichrist? She's the anti-hunk. <laughs> not even wearing I... angels gear. I, I really don't. I've never worn angels gear when we do these things. I'm but sorry. I guess I never noticed. You have a, do you still have your softball game shirt? I do actually. Okay. <laughs> See? Okay. He's that. got that. Yeah, I right. know. But um, I think Detmers, I think he just can't find it. I think he won't find the zone. Stuff's not going to be moving the way he wants. Um, I think we lose that one. It's going to be eight to three. Eight to three. Ray Demick is a DFA. Do you guys hear that? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I got uh, I got getting into the six, but not finishing the six, and then the Angels winning something like seven to four. Okay. So I, I, I'm going the, the rally, Chris, two of three. King positive. <laughs> okay. Positivity makes me sick. <laughs> Toronto won though uh today just giving you a heads up they are three and three on their road uh well yeah road trip and they're coming to Anaheim so who, who do they play their first six do we know uh yeah they played Kansas City this finished up with them and they started in St. Louis St. Louis is always an average team Kansas City's still rebuilding but Aroldis Chapman looks really good out of the back end of their bullpen man oh man we should have made that signing Grinky, although if for all those who care, Grinky pitched today for Kansas City and he only allowed one run through seven. But uh, they, the bullpen gave up other two runs and they got shut out three nothing. So you hear that? Todd wants to get Grinky back. No, no, just saying. I will say that I've seen Packy Naughton today. Cardinals threw him in, I believe, in the sixth or seventh inning. He did How did our boy good. do? Oh, okay. He did good. He got good. out of the inning. So, so proud. I shouldn't call him our boy anymore. He doesn't respond to us. Yeah. <laughs> He kind of dropped us like a bad habit too. Uh, <laughs> you blame him. Look at us. We're a bunch of we're a bunch of degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's fair. True. That's fair. We'll take that. Uh, so real quick though, um, before uh, before we uh, have any final thoughts here, um, thoughts on I'm not we're not going to preview each game or each series, but 
what do you think about their upcoming schedule? Obviously, Toronto with three that we already talked about. Yeah, Nationals come to town after that. Yeah, they're home for the Nationals. Then they go on the road to four with uh, Boston, three oh. in New York. Oh, God. And then they come home against set, uh, which is a nice little homestand if they take advantage. Angels will get six games, or no, seven games with the Kansas City Royals, three, and the Oakland A's, four. And that's all. And then they got the Brewers to close out April. So on the road, what do you think of the schedule and, and predictions on finishing up over 500? Well, I mean, they can definitely get some respect around the league um, by, by having a productive month. I mean, you know, the Nationals coming to town. At least we get to see Bryce Harper. Er, I mean, Juan Soto. Er, I mean, uh, I mean, who Oxford. the hell do they still have? Yeah. <laughs> who the hell do they still have? We got uh, Patrick Corbin. Yeah, there you go. That's it. We got Patrick Corbin. Oh, don't they still have Bartolo? Oh, wait, that was the Expos. Don't they still have uh, Vlad Sr.? Oh, wait, that was the Expos. Ryan Zimmerman? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, he's gone too. Yeah, who do they have? Anyway, um, the Red Sox, uh, they're still kind of eh. – you know, what are they going to be? You never really know. They're kind of like the Rays. They could be good. They could not be good. Um, the Yankees, I'm hoping to see them because I'll be in New York that week for, for work. Okay. So hopefully we can I can get some coverage for our page out there. Um, that's going to be a good series. The Yankees are expected to be a good team. They've had a lot of injuries already. Garrett Cole got lit like a firecracker. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see what comes out of that Yankee series. But I think that could potentially be a good series. The Angels do tend to play the Yankees well. Absolutely. So uh, that should be a competitive three games. The Royals and the A's, that should be a homestand we're able to take advantage of. And I encourage everyone to go on Sunday, the 23rd, via 714 tickets. You can go see Brandon Drury get his silver slugger that he didn't earn with the Angels. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like, why are we doing it against the Royals? We're not playing the Reds or the Padres where you can, like, do it then, like, for the teams that he did play for last year? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, instead, let's do it on a Sunday game against the Royals when nobody cares. What is it, Little Little League Day that day, too? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's what it looks like so far. I mean, um, it's a favorable April outside of the Yankees. And like you said, the Red Sox could be like a, a wild card team. You know, they could be good. It could be. I think Toronto and the Yankees pretty much are our hardest competition leading into that Brewers and Cardinals series to start next month. So uh, what do you think, Courtney? Uh, I think the East Coast fans are going to make the Angels cry, not because anything game related. They're just going to heckle them. Um, <laughs> you know, we're a bunch of softies out there. Yeah, I'm it- for sure getting arrested that game. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a rough, rough East Coast trip. Um, I think it could be a good month. Uh, we do play the Yankees well. And for some reason, I for some reason, again, the mentality, like when we play against good teams, we play good. And I don't know why it's just that way. Um, if we can definitely win that series, I, I definitely think some people will put some respect on our name. So mm-hmm. that would be lovely. Um I will say that I am torn against the Angels and Royals series just because I know the Royals center fielder, Kyle Isbell, his older sister was on my travel ball team. Oh. And I watched that kid 
since he was in high school. So it's very nice seeing him now in the major leagues. And he just had his baby this week. So he is actually I know a little boy. So excited. But I've always seen Kyle. I've seen him for years. So I will say that I'm going to be torn that series, but I will be going to that series just so I can see him. Um, but if we can whip that ass, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> family values aside. And and if we can beat the A's at home, that would also be a nice, uh, nice way to end the month, um, especially with that being a four-game series. Mm-hmm. Um, if we take yeah. that sweep, that would be lovely. Yeah, that would be very nice, very nice. And I, I think we can be over 500, at least four games over. That'd be good. You know, I'm not, I don't think we're going to be 10 games over, nothing stupid like that. But uh, it's a good month to get tuned up before <clears throat> a pretty competitive May comes to town. So uh, we're going to be playing some pretty darn good opponents uh, in May. So, uh, you know, we, we hope to get tuned up by then and uh, get going because I'm not looking too far ahead. I'm just thinking one game at a time. And but just seeing just kind of scoping out who we got to play right now. And uh, you never know. Some of these teams that appear to suck could get hot. I don't think Oakland will be one of those, but uh, there there could be one in there that uh, is going to be a tougher series than we think. But uh, for right now, it looks pretty favorable. And uh, so far, I'm pretty impressed in the last, you know, the first six games. I want to see it going. There's some things to work on. But like with every team, but, uh, you know, one game at a time, a big series here, home opener. Hopefully everyone can get out to the stadium and say hi and, and also uh, enjoy some Angels baseball. It's, uh, it's Where bad. do they buy their tickets, Todd? Seven, one for tickets, seven, one for tickets. That's where you buy them. So I, I have one question for you guys before we wrap up. So let's real quick talk about your opinions on the censorship displayed by the Angels banning Sam Blum from being a part of the uh, round table. Uh, what do they call it? The beat writer round table, whatever it was, because he has the ability to, to lean negative on a positive show. What, what, what are we feeling? I mean, I, I wasn't surprised when I heard that. I mean, we, we see the, the censorship that, that uh, the angels front office has had with us after willingly welcoming us like, Hey, you know, come on out for this podcaster's night. We'll help you guys in any way, shape, or form we can. By the way, getting ghosted like, you know, somebody who gave you their fake phone number at the club or the rejection hotline back in the day. Because that's what the Angels are all about, the rejection hotline. John Carpino, bad look for the organization. Not only is Sam Blum out, now you have almost every other beat reporter out. So have fun having a beat uh, beat reporter roundtable with Roger Lodge. You want to take a shot at that one, Courtney? Um, I think it just, it's a bad look, man. That's a bad look. I mean, cause at the end of the day, you know, Sam Blum and every other reporter, they're just there to report what's happening. You know, does it have to be in a positive tone all the time? No, especially with this team, cause we're not positive all the time. Um, you know, and I, granted there are some writers and some beat reporters, they have their own style to writing, um you know or reporting the news you know i think a lot of our listeners know that i am the most negative and least optimistic of our of our no way. <laughs> i know it's shocking um, you know but again i think that's just my personality you know sometimes i could be a little bit aggressive and that's just me and i think sam blum maybe potentially maybe just rub somebody the wrong way 
Um, but the fact that it's gotten to this big of a magnitude to where other people have left, you know, and they're said, you know, they said they're not going to be part of the round table anymore and other things of that nature. Um, you know, you can't just sit there and just because it's not fitting your own narrative doesn't mean that you cannot like have people be a part of it. Um, so I think overall, it's just a bad look. Um, and it's not, it's not going to go over very well. I'd have to agree uh, with Courtney and also Fernando, your points too, that we talked about off the air. I mean, this, this is something that a round table criticism, more angels content on an angels network needs to be there. And the fact that you have a different voice instead of positivity is going to gain ratings. I think they need more programming angels related or local sports related instead of national to further the brand of AM830 and to also, you know, give legitimate, you know, content to the to the consumer and to the listener. I don't think there's enough of that. And I think that when you think Angels baseball, you think soft and the players will feed off that. If they're not getting hit with the hard questions, if the organization is not being held accountable, then they're just going to go and keep it in cruise control. And I think that's why, you know, you look to the north, you look to the east and, and to the central to some aspects like St. Louis, they have more aggressive beat writers and a lot more of them because the organization is not afraid to let you call out its warts. And, but this one is, this team is, they are very offended very quickly. And uh, it starts with a top with Artie trickles down to, uh, to Carpino and um, you know, that inner organization right there just, and, and if you look at Sam Blum, it's not like he's out there trying to be a, a guy just ripping people for the hell of it. He's an actual reporter that actually, you know, tweets out some really good stuff as far as either player transactions, his thoughts on the game, uh, takes, and then he he's very positive when he can be and when he should be, and he's very negative when he doesn't have to be, but not to the part where it's disrespectful to the organization or a player. And although he's towing that line and he's doing his job, nothing, and that's why the other guys left, nothing should have gotten him removed from that roundtable. Yeah, it's a it's a candy ass look for a what's been a candy ass organization the last ten years. You know, no accountability. Uh, they don't want anyone to call them out on anything. It's just, it's not cool, man. I mean, seriously, like you know, even with us, like we're we're dealt such a bad hand with the organization. It's like we're giving you guys free publicity. When have we ever told people to not go to the Angel Stadium? Even when the team was bad, we're still telling people to go there with paper bags on their head. At least we're telling people to show up. <laughs> yeah. Does Artie care? Realistically, the guy gets paid either way. He Artie is literally wiping his fake tears, his alligator tears, with dollar bills. It's I say 20s. A, you think 20s? I think 20s. Yeah, it's yeah. fair. He's too rich I, to just be wiping himself, uh, himself with petty dollars. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm only at the stage where, like, I don't throw, like, I throw change, like, in the parking lot. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he does it with, like, 20s. He's like, yeah, these ones dirty. <laughs> Throw it on the floor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a bad look. I mean, I, I know you and I were pretty frustrated by it. And, you know, I, I took to our Twitter account, you know, because I'm the one who runs the Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, and I publicly defended Jeff Fletcher and, you know, Sam Blum, and I, I'm not a big fan of Sam Blum. Realistically, I, I don't, I didn't really like his takes, but I respect the hell out of him because he's just like us. 
He's going to walk a line of accountability and give people the coverage they deserve. We're not a state-run media. Todd, Courtney, myself, anybody up and down this network isn't going to accommodate Artie Moreno's feelings. We're not going to accommodate John Carpino's feelings. But hey, man, I'm the first one to step in line to give them a hug if they do something right. I'm the first one to give them a high five if they hold themselves accountable, if they make a good move. Great. But we also owe the audience to be transparent and be truthful and be like, eh, maybe they should have handled the Tyler Skagg situation better. Maybe they should be taking better care of minor leaguers. Obviously, now with the collective bargaining agreement for minor leaguers, that's going to get a little bit better. But it wasn't because Artie was a good person decided to do it at the kind of his heart because he was forced to. Seems like Artie Moreno has to be forced to do a lot of things. Maybe use the bathroom alone. Who knows? I'm never, I, we're never getting on the field. We might as well just start being honest about it. If you want, I can start burying this man with the illegal stuff. I know he's done. Yeah. I mean, but see, <laughs> we love this team. Like you said, and we have every right as fans because we give you the fans take. And I think that's what Blum was doing a little bit more than what they felt he should have. And uh, although I don't think they really want the fans' opinion, so I think they want just sunshine and lollipops. So when Blum wasn't doing that, well, he's the first one to go. And, and they're, I'll give them credit for one thing. They, they have the balls to do that. You know, they have the balls to take the, the heat but not keep the heat on their network. So it just it's just going to – further push people away from their brand in my opinion it already has yep am830 is a dinosaur in my opinion yeah it's it's stuck in 2009 yeah yeah so yeah. do we have any other takes on uh today because i think we got into a lot of stuff here and we're going to have a lot next week as well so any final thoughts on today Nope. No. Come out and join us under the big A. There you go. You're going to be there too, right, Courtney? I am. Yes. All right. Well, meet us out in the parking lot if you get there early. If you're not at the red carpet, come by and grab a hot dog or some chicken or some uh, bratwurst. We're going to have some stuff cooking on the grill. Are you going to the red carpet event? Yeah, but I'm not sure if I'm going to actually be there. I think Randy might be taking some coverage and footage of that with James. I, I James? Think yeah, James is going to be his producer to the stars, and then I'm going to be uh, probably grilling up some stuff as we speak. Yeah, James, just keep the producer in your pants. That's all I ask. <laughs> I will leave work early. So keep your producing work. star in your pants. You, but if I do go on the red carpet and I say, show us your honks, do you think I'll get an autograph? Uh, I think you will be arrested. <laughs> Are, are you still going to do what you talked about doing? Remember when you called me and I was like, I don't know if that'd fly. Are you, are you still leaning towards doing it? I am leaning towards doing that on Saturday. It's not Friday. Okay. It's going to be Saturday. Okay. All right. Well, let me know if you do it, man. Yeah, right. We'll do. That's I will leave surprise. work early on Friday so I can go to the red carpet because I, I will tackle Sandoval. <laughs> <laughs> breathe the same air as that man. I'm so interested to see what this red carpet entails. <laughs> They're going to be like, ma'am, please stop holding his leg. It's just, you're right. It's just going to be like a janitor. The janitor, hi, my name's Gerald. Here's the popcorn vendor, Patricia. Here's Joey Otani's dog. Oh, my God. That's all it's going to be. Oh, wow. 
All right, everybody. Well, with that being said, we'll see you all out at the ballpark. This has been Halos in the Infield, the podcast with a dangerous trio of Tony. No, not Tony Two Bikes. Todd Fox, Fernando Mendez, and Cor- Fox. So shut up. <laughs> we thank you very much for tuning into this episode of Halos in the Infield. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope that you can take the time to give us a five-star review wherever you found this podcast. Make sure to tell your friends and make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets. Special thank you to 714 Tickets for sponsoring this episode. 714 Tickets, where you can call today, go tonight. Make sure to use that code HITI, H-I-T-I, at checkout for 10% off. And not only that, but you also get to take advantage of their 5% back offer and... No fees anytime. Have a great day, Halo fam.